Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. This is a special edition. I'm live here at Protospiel in San Jose, and we are going around talking to game designers who are here doing their games. But I always always love to run into somebody who I know who I've never met. And that is my guest at the moment. That's David Santamesa. David, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Richard. It's great to finally meet you in person. It is great because you've been on the show a couple of times. We've corresponded over the years together. So here we are at Protospiel. You've got a beautiful game in front of us. And what what are you demonstrating right here? So right now I'm demoing Blood of Rome, which is a board game of Gothic horror in ancient Rome. It's one of four games that I brought with me to Protospiel. Uh, and this one is definitely the, the meatiest of the games. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty meaty, nice visceral, bloody, because it's werewolves versus vampires versus gargoyles and witches and slayers, all fighting over the ancient city of Rome. So it's like Underworld meets Spartacus. So you do have several games here, and you were on the show before when we did Goblins Drool, Fairies Rule. Yes. Which had fantastic artwork. Thank you. Right? I mean, it did. And this one... Those of you who are listening, I'm, you'll have to believe me. This is incredible artwork that you have in front of me. And we know that artwork is always a big issue when it comes to developing a game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, For me personally, I think artwork, good artwork, increases the enjoyment of a game. It, it really drags me into the theme. I can feel like I I'm, am those characters. I'm in that world. Uh, but also definitely helps sell games, too. Uh, it makes a, a great shelf presence in the store and on the internet through Kickstarter. Games with great art do better on Kickstarter. Now, the challenge, though, is, is oftentimes in the olden days, a couple of years ago, people... <laughs> good old over, days. Uh, good old days. Right, you're saying, oh, I need to spend thousands of dollars to get good art so that I can raise tens of thousands of dollars for a game. And they're like, wait, I'm putting it on Kickstarter because I don't have the money already, right? And so... Yeah. People are starting, there's starting to be a little bit of resentment that you do need to elevate the game to one level. Oh, absolutely. At this point, I mean, you, you can't do otherwise. So you did something with one of your Kickstarter projects, one of your games, that I thought was fascinating and I thought was a brilliant idea, and that was Immortal. Yes. Right? You ran it on Kickstarter a while ago, but you didn't yes. just run one Kickstarter. Yeah, I actually uh, broke that project up into three separate Kickstarters. So there was like a, a, a pre-campaign, and then the main campaign, and then an after-campaign. So it's like, you know, after the show is the after party. It's kind of what happened with Immortal. But the, the third, what's interesting, we'll go back and talk about the first one, but the third one was actually a stretch goal campaign. Yes, yes. Which I have never heard of. Maybe I've missed it. it I don't think I had ever heard of it either. Okay. <laughs> I think I made it up. But. So the first, so what you did, the first, let's talk about the first campaign. Okay, so the first campaign was, it was intentionally a free campaign. So it was a, a small campaign with the intention of trying to build up an audience uh, and, and help increase the budget for the main project, which was the board game. Immortal is a game uh, that I had been working on for several years. It's a, a conflict about uh, different uh, mythological factions. So uh, Greek gods versus Norse gods, Japanese, Egyptian, uh, Native American, Celtic. So sort of royal rumble of mythologies. And a lot of artwork was needed to support that, to all the different characters. You know, Zeus and Thor, etc. from all the different mythologies. Uh, and so I had a budget already reserved for the game, but I wanted to make the game even bigger than what I could afford. So that's why I was on Kickstarter in the first place, but also it's why I had planned out multiple campaigns. Right, because uh, this first one wasn't for the game. Right. So the first one was actually for the artwork itself, and the reward that players were getting from that was an art book. So an illustrated book of mythology. So money to raise to create more artwork for the board game 
and players would get uh, both in a PDF or a physical form, format uh, books that would have all that artwork along with stories in it. And so that artwork, that project uh, raised about four thousand dollars in Kickstarter. It helped uh, get people awareness from it. More from the from the book side, so because right. gamers had already heard about it a little bit on through some preview videos and through Board Game Geek, but it helped expand the audience and raise a little extra money that could be spent on artwork to make the board game Kickstarter project even better. So I ran that project, I think, in March and April, and then launched the, the board game project about a month and a half later, uh, so the end even, of May. So let's be clear. So even though the backers hadn't received the book of the artwork, you were able to use the proceeds of that to help then build the bigger Kickstarter campaign. Yes. Because there's always been that question, well, do I... Do I wait to launch my next campaign till after my backers of my first campaign have their good, their thing? And you said, no, we're gonna we're gonna keep going this out, and people are gonna build trust that you're gonna actually deliver as the campaign got bigger and bigger. Yes, so that that was uh, a big part of the whole plan was to, was to break it up and, and to tell people up front that that's what I was doing because that is always a conundrum and a challenge for scheduling when. When uh, a creator might have several projects, even projects that are ready to go to launch a Kickstarter, but if the other one hasn't finished and delivered, that can really uh, backers can feel their trust has been betrayed, feel they're they're getting forgotten, you know. Right, so right. and that could slow down a project that is otherwise ready to go. Did you put the book as a part of a? Was it like an extra in the game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in addition to like trying to fund the next project, it became an add-on for for, for that project cool, as well. Cool. So it's kind of you know trying to maximize every resource right. there. And how much money did you raise on that second one? So the second one, so I launched the the actual board game project a few months later, but before the books had delivered. Uh, that one raised about uh, a little over $21,000. So uh, enough to make the game and a little bit more, uh, but we weren't able to reach any of the stretch goals. So there were, there were stretch goals that, that players had asked for, backers had asked for, because they really liked the idea of the game, but they wanted even more factions. You know, backers obviously right. always want more, and when a player is really invested in the game, they want more to play with. And, and I was definitely down with that. I wanted to add both the Egyptians and, and the Celtic mythology as new factions in the game, but I didn't have the money to pay for it, all that artwork, even though the game design on those factions had already been done ahead of time. Kind of how uh, uh, Donald X. Vaccarino designed years' worth of Dominion before it even came yep, out yep. all at once to make sure everything was balanced. I did the same thing with Immortal. I, I designed factions that weren't even going to appear in the game for a while just to make sure everything was balanced out with each other eventually. Uh, so in order to, to fund that, um, because we didn't reach our stretch goals, after that project was finished, I was like, you know what? We're going to try for it again. We'll launch a couple of months. We'll wait till after the, the summer doldrums are over and launch a new project in fall and, and, and try to see if we can raise enough money with a brand new project on an already funded game to reach those stretch goals and add 50% more content to the game. And then you raised, an, and that was successful. You raised yes. next, yeah. So I had a goal of around seven thousand dollars to reach those extra, and we raised a little over ten thousand dollars. So it was successful, and then some. It actually hit even more, more stretch goals. We were able to put like a, a plastic tray in there for help sorting things, which wasn't part of it. So the stretch goal project was a success, and people were down with it. They understood it. They were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we're just gonna try to raise more money." You know, Kickstarter was okay with it because it was adding new stuff. It right. wasn't just like. Let's try it if we can see get more money from the same thing. We were creating more things with it. Very cool. That's a great strategy, and that obviously has worked for you. And we didn't tell it at the beginning of the of the interview here, but you have your own uh, game company. Yes. Game Ogami. Yes. 
And they can find that at gameogami.com? Yes, gameogami.com. Uh, it's spelled like kind of like origami, but with game at, at the front of it. Right. I'm um, also on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Board Game Geek. Um, so uh, so uh, Immortal will be coming out a little bit later this year. Uh, but it was it was funded by three separate Kickstarter projects in order to make a bigger project uh, out of a bunch of little ones. David, I appreciate you taking a few minutes here in the middle of uh, some very interesting uh, playtesting you're doing here at Protospiel. Thanks for thanks for talking to me. Thank you, Richard. It's great to see you. This has been uh, Richard Bliss here at Protospiel in San Jose. As I've been talking to David Sanmuesa from Game Ogami and his. His game that he's demonstrating is Blood of Rome, but the one we were talking about is Immortal. So go take a look and be sure to support our listen, uh, our, our guests. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.